Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Dave, obviously people are going to talk about this layoff. They were playing, you weren't playing. Is that something that needs to be looked at? Is that a factor in this, you feel? You know, I, I think that it's something that we could probably debate. Um, but I think leading up to it, even right now, it's, it's not something that we want to look at it as an excuse. Um, that's kind of the format the way it is. And you do the best you can in the regular season. Uh, to put yourself in a position to get home field advantage, to get the bye in the wild card round, and you know it's up to us to kind of prepare ourselves the best way we can to get through a division series, and when we didn't. All right, so let's put this in perspective a little bit, shall we? And that was Dave Roberts, manager of, still manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Are you sure they were eliminated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, after they were eliminated by the San San Diego Padres on uh, Saturday night. Let's put this in perspective. The Padres won 89 games this year, regular season games. The Dodgers won 111. That's a 22-win difference. The Padres are going on to the NLCS. The Dodgers are going home. The last time we saw a greater run differential involved in a series. I'm sorry, win differential involved in a series. In other words, the last time a team beat another team with more wins to that degree was the 1906 World Series when the 116-win Cubs team was beaten. Um, hmm. hey, Kevin Barker, lots of questions. And we'll get to the Yankees in Cleveland as well. And we'll also touch on the other series that wrapped up. But this is now 22 consecutive years without a repeat World Series champion. That's the longest run in major pro sports, in North American major pro sports. So I'm going to ask you this before we get into the nuts and bolts of all this. Does this have you questioning the playoff format? The fact that the National League Championship Series is going to be between the fifth-seeded team and the sixth-seeded team. No. No, I, I think that comes down to the Dodgers. Dave Roberts at the beginning of the season on the Dan Patrick Show told everybody that they were going to win the World Series. It's slam dunk. There's no questions. We're going to run away with that thing. They did run away with the regular season. They got home and field advantage, like he said. And then there, there are players that mattered the most. That's on both sides of the ball. That's the pitching side. That's the bullpen side. That's the offensive side. That's the defensive side. That's running the bases. Didn't show up when it mattered the most. Does that have anything to do with five or six days off? That's not an excuse for me, right? It's 
just because the Dodgers get beat in a series doesn't mean that you have to change the world and make everybody adjust and to allow the Dodgers to have a better chance of going where they want to go. Not for me. They got really good players. Their really good players didn't show up when it mattered the most. The Padres did. Now, do I think momentum is a big deal? Absolutely. That's what I said. Me and you talk about the Blue Jays. Okay. How, how many... is momentum? <clears throat> how is momentum a big deal? Uh, you believe. You start believing in the guys around you that if I do my job, they're going to do their job. I think there's a lot to that. And, again, Ooh. you've said it, and everybody else will say it. It starts with the guys standing on the mound. The Padres yeah, were, were really, really good. But offensively, that has nothing to do with Jake Cronenworth and, and uh, Trent Grisham coming up and getting big hits. The uh, the, the dude standing on the mound has nothing to do with that. That's, that's a guy believing, you know, that he's – doing stuff mechanically right that gives him a chance to go up and have success between the lines and he thinks he can help his team move on further so i do think there's a little something to that but this time off like the braves the braves just didn't show up the guys that mattered the most for their team austin riley where are you at like what was he one for 16 or something in, in well, the three or four games like that's that for me is, is down the stretch in the games that matter the most you need your best players to be the best players on the team and quite frankly for the Braves and the Dodgers that didn't happen yeah but uh, we also uh, the Braves are a different you know the Braves are a different a, a different example here this is why I think that that argument is is silly that I'm more or less agreeing with you uh you know that well the layoff hurts teams and that the teams that win are generally teams that have something to play for. Well, first of all, the Atlanta Braves didn't clinch home field until, what, five days left in the regular season, six days left in the regular last season? Week. Last it, week. It's not, like they, it's not like they backed into their playoff spot. Yes, they had a playoff spot sewn up, but they had to beat the Mets to win that division title and get home field advantage. So it's not like the Braves coasted in. The Houston Astros, the Houston Astros won their division on opening day, essentially. The difference between the Astros and the Dodgers is their pitching showed up. Their big hitter showed up. So this is what I'm saying. The the, the Astros had as many days off as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they were fine with it. Well, that's because their pitching is, is, is so damn deep. So I'm with you. I, I know that... This has got a lot of people talking about the postseason format, and I guarantee you if the Yankees lose tonight and you end up with a a Houston-Cleveland American League Championship Series, there are going to be all sorts of people throwing their hands in the air and saying, oh, my God, here's Major League Baseball. No Yankees, no Dodgers. Uh, I like this format. I, I guess, you know, some people have said let's reseed the teams after each round. I don't like that. I like the bracket format. I, I think this... This makes the regular season important. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You can make this a best of 15. Kevin, the team with the best pitching is going to win. That's what we're seeing here. And more importantly, the team with the best bullpen. Yeah. Or let me rephrase that. The team whose bullpen is pitching best at this time is going to win games. I have yeah. no problem with this format at all. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Further to your point, the Braves' Austin Riley was one for 15. Dansby Swanson was two for 16. Neither one of those guys had an RBI. Uh, Harrison, the second, and those other two guys that I just mentioned were combined four for 45, one extra base hit. That's why you're, Spencer Strider was not any good. Spencer Strider was not any good. Max Freed was not any good. So it's – 
you know, you you got some guys there again that gets down to your best guys have to be your best guys come crunch time. The Braves did not have that. The Dodgers did not have that. And when you don't have that against a team, whether you believe in momentum or not, I believe in it a little bit. I understand that the guy standing on the mound is probably the most important part of that. And if you're a manager and you got a plethora of dudes like the Padres have all of a sudden that are hot and feeling frisky coming out of the bullpen, you got different arm angles, you got a dude throws a bazillion miles an hour who's left-handed, who's found some mojo, that helps too but when you don't show up you get beat and that's what's happening there i just hope major league baseball doesn't look at this and go uh-oh now we have teams in here that probably are not going to be watched as much as these other teams are we need to pivot make some adjustments to make sure that these teams are getting as far as we yeah. we want them to listen. get i hope that doesn't happen listen listen a couple of things about that first of all the the whole tv ratings <laughs> thing We've got this thing in society. It's, it's this, I call it the horse race mentality. It's the same reason that when we talk about politics, we don't talk about important stuff. We always talk about who's leading in the polls, who isn't leading in the polls. Major League Baseball is not a national television event. It's not like the NFL. It just isn't. It's a regional sports event. And I understand, yeah, Dodgers and Yankees be a sexy matchup. But let me tell you this. Do you, anybody remember the Subway Series between the Yankees and the Mets? That was a sexy matchup. Nobody watched it. It had lousy ratings. So I, we need to get beyond this whole, well, baseball's screwed if the Dodgers or the Yankees don't make it to the World Series. The hardcore baseball fan is going to watch whoever's in. I'd rather have two teams that are playing really well go for the World Series than two teams that aren't playing well but, you know, are quote-unquote named teams. I, I, I don't care about that. The World Series doesn't make new baseball fans. People have got to move beyond this. It, it, you make new fans based on what your local team does. You know what makes new fans in Toronto? 2015 made a whole bunch of new fans in Toronto because they went Boom. to the playoffs. Had nothing to do with the World Series, so that that argument is is that argument is just is is silly. But I do want to ask you this, Kevin: the 2020 Dodgers, the World Series champion Dodgers that won during the COVID year, does this make you think less of that team? The fact that they haven't been able to win over 162 games. They haven't been able to win a real World Series. No, I think it does. I think I it makes you reevaluate I, that. I, I don't. I, I, but I do wonder if this makes you wonder about their organization when they made the playoffs 10 years in a row and they've only won one ring. I don't care when they win. It's not their fault that it was only 60 games and then they make the playoffs. Fair point. Make, Fair making point. the playoffs is, and getting in the playoffs, as you well know, you've covered enough of these things, takes a ton of luck. If you don't have some luck and some dudes hot at the right time and the guy, right guy coming up at the right spot to get the hit – that matters the most, you lose a lot of those baseball games. I just wonder what that says about their organization. And, and you know, do they need to make some changes internally? Do they need to do something about their manager? I'm not saying that they lost their last game because of their manager, but i got to ask you a question, Jeff. Did Dave Roberts help any? Because coming into the series and coming in, especially in that last game in a, in a must-win situation, Evan Phillips seemed to be the guy. Coming out of the pen. Got to use that, dude. When it matters the most, got to give him the ball. The seventh inning didn't matter the most. Basically, the seventh inning was the ninth inning. How come we didn't see him then? Who do we blame for that? Do we blame the khakis or do we blame Dave Roberts? That, for me, is 
sometimes I think as an organization, because there's so many times that you've been in a playoff series and only one one ring, and everybody was saying that this could be the best team that you've ever had. Well, and this All is right. where you've ended up. So there is some question marks, and I wonder where this organization is going to go from it. General question before we take a deeper dive into the other series. I threw this out in social media and got a lot of response to this. I'm one of those people who I was skeptical about the Blue Jays bullpen at the start of the year. I was one of those people banging the drum about they didn't have enough swing and miss stuff. They didn't have enough velo. They still don't. And I was also one of those people that started looking at the numbers when all the numbers weenies started saying, you know what? The Jays bullpen isn't as bad as people think it is. Look at the numbers here. The Jays bullpen is actually pretty good. So I started saying, okay, you know what? I might go along with the numbers weenies here. Right? Because, yeah, the, statistically, the Jays' bullpen, yeah, it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. There were parts of the year where it was really good, and I thought, all right. And then, of course, the deal was made for Bass and Pop, and I liked that. Well, I got to tell you, Saturday afternoon, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching the Mariners and, and the Astros and Kevo. I'm sitting there saying, there's not one guy, not one guy in the Blue Jays' bullpen that I would want pitching after the seventh inning for either of these teams. These teams, there was nobody, I'll put it this way, Jordan Romano in either one of these teams is a middle reliever. He's a seventh inning guy. He's a seventh inning guy. So this to me just reinforces how much work the Jays have to do in the offseason. Because, Kevin, again, there isn't a bullpen. There wasn't a bullpen in this last round of playoffs where you would look at the Blue Jays and say, you know, they got two guys in the bullpen that can make that team. Jordan Romano's the only guy getting in any of those bullpens. That's scary. Yeah, further to your point a little bit, I think there's every once in a while in certain games, it just needs to be my muscle against your muscle. Yep. The, the, the Jays' muscle, you know, no offense. It, it got them, you know, I think, or at least it helped get them to where they ultimately ended up. Now, the outcome wasn't what every Blue Jays fan wanted it to be, but I'm with you. Like, it's it's just, you look at these teams, other than the, the, the Yankees. Now, the Yankees are trying to piece this thing together just because of, you know, underperformance and guys are hurt and, you know, you, you abuse Kevin, dudes. and Just let me jump in here. Even that, even with that, even with is. that, they still got Loisica. They still got Clay Holmes. Those guys are better than anybody the Jays have in their bullpen. How about Wandy Peralta? Are you kidding me? Wandy Peralta. Susan Waldman said Wandy I mean, Peralta that's... was going to be the most important pitcher in the team. and I She nailed you know, that. I, she did, and she, she knows did. the team more than I do. I didn't believe her for a second, but she was right. Um, yeah, it, that, that's that's sort of what it is. I, I, I think it just this time of the year, it is me to the order against the other team. You have to have multiple options. And when you have a half of an option, because you don't really know what you're going to get out of the Jays' closer, that's an issue, right? I mean, it's no offense to, to what the Jays have. It's just when you see these other teams and what they can go to and when they can go to it, it's just – and they have multiple options to go to – I, I just I'm with you. It's it's if you're all seconds and you're watching this, it's a no brainer. And I and I do think it helps out a little bit that you know m- maybe you don't worry so much about your lineup. I've been the one yelling and screaming about you need balance, and I still think you need that to win a World Series. But to actually go deep and compete against the big boys, like it's you know it's you line them up. It's my horses against your horses. You're going to need some serious arms. I'll and I think that most- just that simplified if you're Ross to go out and try and get as many as you can possibly get, not one or two, as many as you can get. 
it. I was going to say this this bullpen. If the Jays, <laughs> there are only two guys in this bullpen right now that I would be excited to see back next year. One is Jordan Romano. I don't know if Jordan Romano can close, but Jordan Romano's got enough stuff that I can use them in leverage situations. And the second guy is Zach Pop, just because I like the stuff, and I think there's something there. I'm not. I like I Jimmy Zach. Garcia too. I like to been there and done it before. I can use he, Anthony Bass you know in the though? seventh. I like those four uh, guys. That's me. I, well, first of all, I'm talking impri- seventh I, inning. Let me seventh inning. Let me finish. First of all, I'm not certain about Anthony Bass after I saw him spit out the bit against against Seattle. I'm sorry. That was that was a big boy moment. He failed. Jimmy Garcia. It'd be nice if I knew I could use them on back-to-back days and get something out of them. See, I can't I, – I, Jimmy Garcia can be like my fifth guy out of the bullpen. I don't want to rely on Jimmy Garcia because I can't. I can't rely on him going back-to-back days. The most important thing that could happen for the Blue Jays this offseason in terms of their relief pitching is that Nate Pearson figure it out in winter ball and Nate Pearson show up throwing 99 to 100 and 101 – out of the bullpen. That would be that would go a great distance to removing one of the things off Ross Atkins to do this. Uh, but, but Kevin, I, I think they need three three or four bullpen arms here. They just don't need one or two. They need three or four bullpen arms here. Uh, I want to move on to talk about the the other series as well. I mean, my goodness, the Seattle Seattle Houston World Series. Like this is Captain Obvious. There are Seattle Houston uh, National League Division Series. I know this is Captain Obvious here, but we pointed out. The depth of the Houston Astros rotation. You can go into extra innings and run out a dude in Framber Valdez who's going to give you six innings. I mean, there's no team in baseball. I, I think you know, those of us who said, well, you know, the Astros are up there with the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Astros are way better. Their no pitching question. is way better than uh, you, you, you know what you know what it does. This is it, scary. It, well, you know scary what it, good. You know what it does, and I, it just pains me. It kills me to say this, but I it know sort of hides going, the. It, well, it does. It hides the woes of Dusty Baker. He he seems to be the one manager that relies a little bit on gut. You know, you can t- you can turn a Cal Raleigh around against the le- against a righty who likes the split finger. That for me is not a khaki thing. Ain't no khaki going over there telling him, "Hey, turn turn the dude around who's got twenty seven big ones from the left side who's hitting righty who's got three homers from the right side." That's a gut thing. He's got so many down there that he can go to. It's not you know when I can go to him. It's because I want to go to him. And I think for me is that's I've said it. I'll continue to say it. They're the front runner. Like it, it'll take some caster, you know, just some weird thing. Somebody major gets hurt, and and it just doesn't work out when it comes to lineup wise. And obviously, some other team can get hot that's in the National League. But right now, if you're thinking, if you're an Astro fan, man, especially there, with the big boys that are gone now, that you yeah. think can compete against you. I mean, I don't want to say it's smooth sailing, but it's basically all in your court. Phillies, Padres. Can either of those teams beat the Astros? Yeah, I do. I think the I think the Padres have a, a enough pitching. You know that that's mm-hmm. that's the one thing, mm-hmm. right? It's the it's the big three that they have in Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, and it's that bullpen. Like they got four dudes in that bullpen that are not afraid, and they got a lefty down there who can pitch to you know, and Tim Hill who can pitch to some of the Astros lefties and and make it a little bit harder for them to use the entire field and and create some havoc from the left side. I just. Look, I, the, the way the way the Astros can beat you in any phase, if they need to go 18 innings and keep it scoreless till somebody on their lineup can run into one, they can do that. 
If they need to win it by running the bases, like they can do little things, and you have to almost play perfect to beat them. Is there a perfect team left? I'm just not sure of that. Oh, I mean, I think the Astros are damn close. I said other than the Astros. Oh, We're trying the Astros, to beat the yeah. Astros, right? I think the, the Astros may be, this Astros team may be one of the best teams I've seen in my lifetime, to be honest. Hmm. Now, we'll see. What, we'll see. Having said that, watch them get run over by whoever comes out of the, the uh, Guardians-Yankee series. But right now, like, watching that team, you can tell. See, I think you can tell something about a team by what it does in close games. You know, the idea that a great team is a team that goes out and bludgeons somebody 21 to nothing. <laughs> I think you can tell a great team by the way it plays a game like that game Saturday. You know, make all the plays. Don't kill yourself. You know, you know you, you've played long games. The concentration level. People don't get this. The concentration level it takes to play 17 innings of baseball in that environment. Like, yeah, the, the Astros have experience. Mm-hmm. That's that's remarkable to watch athletes do that. It is, and well, and that's the thing when I when I look at the Astros that to me makes them just makes them so good. I never got the sense they were going to lose that game. I all watched almost every inning, Kevin. I never got the sense the Astros were going to lose that game. You got a sort of a feeling of somebody's about to run into one. I, I, give Dusty credit for the Jeremy Pena thing, hitting yes, second. You know, it, most people might have tried to move Jordan Alvarez around a little bit and move put Pena somewhere else, but Dusty Baker knows enough about his team that that's the best fit for him, and it worked out that way. I, I just think the athleticism, everything they can do offensively, running the bases, the way they catch the baseball, uh, and out that they should be an out is an out. You have to beat them. You have to beat them in 27 outs. I, I just don't know what other team can do it. I do think the Padres, though, with the pitching, the starting pitching that they have and the back end of that bullpen, that's the one team that, for me, maybe could make a little bit of run at it. And that'd be oh, a I, nice little that'd be a nice little World Series, too, the Padres-Astros. That'd be, that'd be decent. I'd be happy with that. I'd be me absolutely. Too. And this is the thing that, you know, a couple of people pointed out. Everybody's saying, oh, there's nobody left to watch. Look at the players left in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Other than Aaron Judge... The best players in the game are still playing for the Manny Machado, Manny Bryce Machado, Harper, Juan Bryce Soto. Harper, Juan so- wow. Uh, you got to tell me, by the way, it, in in one minute, because I want to move on to the, the Guardians and Yankees. Explain the Philadelphia Phillies to me in one minute, Kevin, because I don't think anybody saw this coming. Well, I, look, I think Rob Thompson's a big deal. I think you got him believing. I think he fixed the bullpen. Uh, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is a big deal. Again, Jeff, you know as well as anybody, when a manager has the ninth inning taken care of, it sort of fills in the blanks everywhere else, and you can have a plethora of a bunch of dudes who can go the eighth, seventh, sixth, if your starter doesn't figure out what they're trying to figure out. Zach Wheeler is a true number one. Is he an ace? Well, we will find out. And I think Bryce Harper coming back and being healthier – is just a boost to say he's sort of the bookend. He is sort of, you know, everybody else is doing their thing, and here comes Big Bad Bryce. And I do believe now, momentum, I know you're going to roll your eyes, but I do think momentum with this team, and it starts with Rob Thompson, I think they believe. They believe in the buddy that's in front of them and behind them. And when you believe, when you have tremendous talent like they have, and you have some pitching who's turned the corner and start doing things that they all thought they could do, it ain't going to be easy for them to get beat either. Like, it's I, – I think the Padres feel it's going to be a nice little thing to watch. They're, they got some pitching. It's going to be some close games. It'll be who plays the cleanest game. I hate watching the Phillies. 
You do? Oh, God, I hate watching the Phillies. Um, anyhow, let's move on to the Guardians and the Yankees. Game five of that series goes tonight. It'll be Jamison Tyon on the mound for the Yankees and Aaron Savali for the Guardians. The only thing I would change about Major League Baseball's postseason is I would have gotten rid of that off day because that rainout, when they could have been playing on that off day, that rainout took away the possibility of uh, of Nestor Cortez and Shane Bieber starting the deciding game of the series. As it is, we mentioned it's Aaron Savali, Jameson Tyon. Nestor Cortez is available. This is his side day. He is available to come out of the uh, to come out of the bullpen. Kevin, I got to ask you about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge getting booed at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Come um, on, I, I really? Mean, he's one of the. He's the only reason they're where they're at right now. It's I know. If I'm Aaron Judge, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, really? I wonder if they'd be booing me in Chicago or San Francisco. Do you think they'd be booing me at Wrigley Field? Anyhow, we'll uh, we'll have plenty of time. We'll ask David Sampson about that, whether or not that's going to make a difference, or whether the Yankees can say, "Yeah, it's too bad you were booed." Here's three hundred and eighty million dollars. Will that make it up? <laughs> I'm sure Aaron Judge goes, "Yeah, I kind of suck getting booed. Where do I sign?" Uh, but uh, Game Five tonight, uh, Terry Francona in Games Three and Four didn't use Trevor Steffen, didn't use James Karinchuk. Mm-hmm. Didn't use Emmanuel Class A, or at least he's got them all available tonight. Two innings apiece, too. Yeah. He, 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 he's got it, doesn't he? Like he's got – this is heavily, 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 heavily tilted in his favor, even though the Yankees won. Absolutely. Well, you you sure think just by the three names that you mentioned, you talk about no-brainers. I mean, you can do them in order right there. You don't even have to worry about matchups. All three guys can get lefties and righties out. They throw a bazillion miles an hour. And that guy at the back end in Classe, he can give you two innings, maybe two innings plus at throwing because he hasn't pitched game three or four, so he's got a couple mm-hmm. of days off. Is Savali, Aaron Savali for me is – can keep the 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 Yankees from scoring. It's sort of if you've noticed, just because of, of you know the way the Guardians have issues of hitting the home run. Uh, it's playing from behind. It's not the easiest thing to do. So if Savali can keep the Yankees from scoring, and if the Guardians score, score first and and can go to those three guys with the lead, yeah, it's going to be tough for the Yankees. But you flip it on the other side and get Jamison Tyone, who's had a really good year. I mean, I don't want to say he's had a great year, but he's had a really, really good year. And with the things that they don't have and the decisions that Aaron Boone has to make, who's he going to? When's he going to him? I mean that the all of this thing relies sort of on tie on to keep the Guardians at bay until somebody runs into one for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to string together two or three hits. Somebody's going to hit a little short homer to right center field, give them the lead, and if Booney can piece it together, the Yankees Kevin. move on. If the if the Guardians score first, the Yankees season may be over. I wanted to ask you this because you talked about stringing two or three hits together. Going into the postseason, we talked about how all the numbers show power wins in the postseason. Power hitting, power pitching. Mm-hmm. It's generally really hard in the postseason to string a bunch of hits together. Yet, the San Diego Padres are advancing. They've strung hits together. The Cleveland Guardians are advancing. Yeah, they hit some home runs, but mm-hmm. they have strung Maybe the turning point in this this series is when they strung some two out hits together. So explain <clears throat> ex- explain that to me. Are those are are those two teams just outliers? Especially the Guardians. Are they just simply an outlier 
compared to everybody else in baseball? Because I thought you weren't supposed to be able to win doing that. Yeah, can you do it and win a World Series? That's the question. I mean, you can do it. A, you can do it a couple of games. You might be able to do it one series. Could you win a World Series that way? It's when you're facing the elite pitchers, they don't give up a ton of hits. That you can't string together quality at bats because their stuff's too good. I mean, they throw too hard. They can locate velocity. They maintain velocity. They're unpredictable. I mean, I don't know how these dudes get hits at all. Like you watch these games and how they throw their breaking ball early in counts. There is no fastball count. How hard they throw, how they use the elevated fastball in any count, how they use it with two strikes. How do you have a two strike approach against these guys? They tunnel so long because they throw so hard. How do you pick up the ball? And then you add weird arm angles, and then you start getting to where managers win and doubt go get arms. I mean, you're you're only seeing them one time. How do you make adjustments? How do you judge velocity? Like, I just and you're don't. Still don't, seeing teams shift, obviously too. I so. just don't. I absolutely. I just don't understand how these dudes get hits. And yeah, I think the look. The Padres, for me, especially against when you're facing a team, you know, like the Braves, who's not hitting, that helps and allows you to be able to string together some hits because your pitching's really good. The other team's not stringing together any hits. They're not hitting any homers. So that allows your lineup to, you know, be able to not always have to get three hits. They can, you know, they can separate how many times they do it. Like you do it one inning, you take a couple innings off, you do it again because your pitching's good. The other team's not hitting. I just think it's an outlier. I think to win a World Series, you got to have a bloop and a bomb, and you may have to have a couple of those a game to go where you want to go. Uh, DMs are open, by the way, for Barker's Back Lake Bits. If you want to weigh in on the playoff format, if you want to weigh in on the bullpens, if you want to ask Kevin who he thinks has the advantage in this series going forward, you want to take a deeper dive into this particular series, the Guardians and the Yankees, feel free to do that. SN Jeff Blair's my Twitter handle. Quickly before we break and bring David Sampson on, Josh Naylor hits a home run. <laughs> Doesn't even tie the game. And I love me some Josh Naylor. Good Mississauga. I, I do too. Uh, running around the bases, does the rock the baby thing because, and That's this not is what like, I thought. Er, everybody, everybody in, in, uh, uh, on social media said, oh my God, he's showing up Garrett Cole. He's saying Garrett Cole is my baby and yada, yada. And of course, Sometimes before you react on Twitter, you should do some reading. It's generally good when you don't know anything about anything to do some reading. And it turns out that all you have to do is Google Josh Naylor and rock. And it's something he's been doing it all year. He calls hitting home runs. Those are my sons. You know, those are my sons. And and, I mean, I like that sort of stuff. I love the bat flip. The Reese Hotkins bat toss. I love stuff. That was a toss. That was a throw that, it through the ground. Yeah, actually, that was like a – that's true. I love that. that. Was, I don't know, Kevin, if I'm a big fan of doing stuff like that, going around the bases. Here's the thing. It's like a joke. You know when a joke is bad is when you have to explain it to people. I'm with you. And when people look at or listen to a joke that you've told and they go, uh, I don't know, should I be offended? Should I think it's funny? So that's where I kind of draw the line. This, if you have to explain to people what in hell you're doing, probably not a good idea to do it on national TV if you can't explain to people what in hell you're doing. Yeah, you're the only game in town you're doing against uh, Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees. He sure looked to me like rounding third base on his way to home. He he was looking right at Cole and, and doing same. it. And and I got to be honest with you, I thought of the Major League movie whenever the guy <laughs> said you you need to grow a you know what, and he's given that sign like look how big. 
I, I swear I thought that's exactly what it was until I did some reading, like you told everybody on Twitter to do, and and well, understood. I didn't tell any. I figured I didn't I, say anything on Twitter. I let everybody make jackasses of themselves and overreact to it because I thought I it was find fun. It, I find it hard to believe that when you hit home runs in 2022, that's what you came up with to celebrate <laughs> it. That that's the only thing I thought of. Is that seriously is what you came up with? How long did to you celebrate a home that? run? So when you round first base, you do it all the way to home plate. <laughs> that's the thing you came up with. That's the only thing for me. I love it. Look, if you can do it, I I never was good enough or had a big enough. To do it, running around the bases like that, especially when you're the only game in town against the New York Yankees, there's no chance I'd have done that. Oh, by the way, they were still down a run. So, obviously, he's doing it any time he hits a home run. But I just – that's the first thing I thought of. Well, I thought of two things. The the Major League – the movie, and then that's seriously what you could come up with. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Josh Naylor better wear armor. Every ah. time he steps to the plate against the Yankees next year, they're not going to do it this year. Next year, he better wear body armor. He is going to be hit. He may set a record for most hit by pitch by one batter against one team. You sound like I the old guy who says, get off my lawn. That's what you sound like. Anyhow. They, don't, they don't care anymore. Rock that, you, that you make an Rock. ass out of yourself running around the base. <laughs> they don't care. Go like ahead. Said, if you got to explain stuff to people, it's just it's just not worth doing it. David Sampson is CBS Sports HQ's MLB analyst. He's also host of the podcast Nothing Personal with David Sampson. He's one of our favorites. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker. We're rocking the baby. We're rocking the baby. That's what I'm doing. I'm rocking the baby. I'm rocking the baby. Don't think I'm doing anything else. I'm not doing what you think I'm doing. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday, we spent some time talking about this whole Josh Naylor thing before we left. Before we took our break, how when Josh Naylor hits home runs, he apparently all year long has been referring to the pitchers as his his son, referring to the home runs as his babies and the pitcher as his sons. Um. Uh, whatever, as I said, it's uh, anytime you have to explain stuff to people, it's uh, it's probably not probably it's not, not good. the best thing to do. No, nah. no. Nah. Um, however, we move on. The uh, other series have been decided. The National League Championship Series. We'll see the Padres against the Phillies, as nobody predicted. I certainly didn't predict that. And uh, the American League Series, the Houston Astros are awaiting the winner of the Guardians-Yankees series. Uh, do we have David Sampson, by the way? We do? We have David Sampson. Right, let's... Hey, how are you, sir? Let's bring in David Sampson of CBS Sports HQ and uh, host of the Nothing Personal with David 
with David Sampson Podcast. David, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. So I'm looking at this. Uh, 22 consecutive years without a repeat champion in Major League Baseball. Uh, three of four wild card series ended with the lower seed advancing. Top seeds so far are seven and eight in uh, division series. We've got the fifth seeded Padres against the six seeded Phils in the NLCS. Is there anything wrong with this format? I don't think we can tell after one year. It's going to take a couple of years of looking at what's going on, but I will say that there's going to be some unhappy owners. Because when you win 100 games, it really hurts when you're last for two days or three days. And the whole point of the new format was to reward division winners. And it feels as though division winners may be penalized here, not rewarded. And that's something to monitor because if Rob Manford gets, you know, 23 owners upset about this, there's going to be further changes. How about Dave Robertson with the Dodgers? I think he signed through 2025. Is there any worry if you're Dave Robertson, you're on your way home or you're home already, that maybe the Dodgers organization would think about making changes? Because you know as well as anybody, 10 years in a row and only winning one World Series, I don't think that's good enough. Maybe there needs to be changes. Yeah, I don't think the change comes at the managerial level. I think that Andrew Freeman's smart enough to realize that Dave Roberts has that clubhouse together. They spend the money. They put themselves in position. And he and I have spoken about this concept of luck, right? Would you rather be the Atlanta mm-hmm. Braves of the 90s or the Marlins, where you have two rings and nothing else, or one ring, but you have a chance every year? I, of course, want the rings because that was the situation I was in. But he would always say that he wants the chance. Just give me the chance to get the ring, and let's hope the chips fall where they may. And they just got beaten three out of four at the wrong time by a team that was pitching better and hitting better than they were. And that's what's crazy about the playoffs. Look what happened with your Blue Jays. They're a better team. They should still be in this, but they just lost two games. And uh, that's the toughest part about the playoffs. You're, you're, you're the perfect guy to have on, especially when we're talking about Dave Roberts in that seventh inning. And, and he seemed to think, and he was telling most people, that Ev, Evan Phillips was the guy, right? He was going to pitch with the lead in the ninth inning. Well, sometimes the ninth inning's in the seventh inning when you're in an elimination game and you got to pitch your best. If you're a fan of just baseball and you're tuning say not the Dodgers, if you're just tuning into that, how hard is it just to not throw all the blame off on the manager? Or should we, when you see moves like that that are not made when it matters the most? Well, let's be careful, right? Because we live in a society where anytime something happens, you have to find blame and you have to, Mm -hmm. especially in the sports world, right? We've got it. If we didn't get what we want, it's somebody's fault. It can't just be the way of the universe. It can't be a bad break or it can't be a, a senile ground ball that wasn't a double play but ended up driving in two rounds. There's got to be an explanation. But in the front office, you sit around and you actually look at it, not just analytically, and you say to yourself, sometimes there is no explanation. Sometimes you do everything right. You prepare perfectly. You make every right move, but you don't get the result that you want. And that's just part of life. And I think that's a lesson that so many people this day and age don't understand. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Freeman's really good about that. And most executives are good about that. The managerial changes that happen on a team like the Dodgers happen when you've got an owner who is impetuous. You have a a owner who's worried about PR and, and can't accept the fact that sometimes there's no one to blame. And that's when you get managers to go. But remember, the Dodgers, just to keep on them for one second, they won 111 games, but they had some bullpen issues going in. And their starting pitching was fine, but not extraordinary. And so they were always subject to the possibility of losing three out of four somewhere along the line. 
You just hope if you're a Dodger fan, it's a seven-game series where you lose three and not a five-game series. Yeah, that's really well said. One of the things that I've, I've, I find really intriguing about this postseason is how much it does it, – it kind of reinforces a lot of our suspicions, right? Like even those of us who followed the Blue Jays. I had some suspicions about the bullpen, but statistically it wasn't horrible. But at the back of my mind, I'm still thinking, is it good enough for the postseason? Answer, no. Same thing with the Dodgers. Same thing with the Yankees. Like a, lot of our, a lot of our suspicions going into this series – have proven to be right. You know, that's, that's a little bit of confirmation bias, Jeff, because when, when the result happens that, that says, wow, I told you their bullpen wasn't good enough. And then you give up six runs, right? That's, that, that's you saying Mm, I had a thought. And then in this small sample size, that thought came true, but front offices, if the good ones, I was a lot like you, Jeff, right? And, and the better front offices, not saying you could run a team well, certainly better than I could, but the better front offices try to avoid that train of thought. First thing I do is hire you because you got, you got the <laughs> ring, man. Absolutely. And then I'd let you do all the media responsibilities. So, no, I can, it'd, be, it'd be easy. Um, so Aaron Judge is getting booed in the Bronx. And I, you know, like Kevin and I talked about this. I don't want to say that Aaron Judge is going to wake up if they're eliminated and say, I'm not going to sign with the Yankees. If the Yankees give him enough money, I'm sure he will. But on the other hand, he, he is a human being, David. And at some point, wouldn't you, wouldn't you scratch your head a little bit and go, really? Like the, what? 66, if I had hit 67 home runs, you wouldn't be booing me. I, I, I don't know. And I know a couple of the New York writers kind of pointed that out that, you know, if the bidding for Aaron Judge gets as crazy as a lot of people think it might get, uh, you know, something like this might tilt might tilt things in, in another team's favor. Do you buy that, or is it just going to come down to money? No, it, it comes down to money. Players hear it. So we'll sit in the clubhouse and talk about something like being booed, or we'll talk about small crowds at home, and we'll try to explain that performance should not be related to whether there's 50,000 people or 5,000 people or whether or not you're booed at home. Everybody who's ever played in Philadelphia has been booed at home. It happens. What bothered me about it is that, again, it's the sample size issue. It's, I booed John Starks in Game 7 in 1994 when he shot two for 18. I was sitting there at the game, and I booed him, and I, had this, I'd not, I was not in professional sports at the time, and I remember feeling this sense of this, this sort of visceral hatred you are shooting two for 18 in the most important game when finally we could win a ring. And then as the years pass and you get older and you run a team, you realize how random that is, where two for 18 happens or 0 for 8 during the course of a season happens or 1 for 16, and you try to be more forgiving. But emotions are a major thing, and players know that. So Aaron Judge is going to stay with the Yankees if they make him an offer, which they're going to make him. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to lose him. I'm fascinated with the possibility of Steve Cohn stepping in and giving him an offer that he can't refuse, but I just don't think that Steve Cohn is going to wage war against George Steinbrenner's kids. Gut call, where do you think he ends up? Because I've kind of thought I've thought it's either going to be the Bronx or for, or San Francisco. Those are the only two teams. I know Barker and other people have said Cubs, but he just kind of the idea of going home and playing for San Francisco also kind of kind of makes sense to me. When Giancarlo Stanton told me where he wanted to get traded and the Yankees were number one on his list along with the Dodgers, his reason is that their competitive windows to win 
are the longest of any of the other teams. So if you have a good front office and you're in Tampa or Toronto uh, or the Guardians, you're going to have opportunities. Let's say if you have a 10-year deal, you'll have opportunities maybe five or six of those years, which is pretty amazing. Some teams you go and you have an opportunity zero of the 10 years, but other teams you're going to have an opportunity 10 of the 10 years. And that was Stan's point. He didn't know if he'd get a ring, but he really wants one. But he said, listen, every year I'm going to have a chance for that ring. And I put the Yankees in that category. I don't put the Giants in that category, although their payroll is high. Uh, they, they also have windows, whereas teams like the Yankees and Dodgers, their window is pretty much permanently open if it's run correctly. So I think that being a hero with pinstripes is the way to go if you're Aaron Judge. He already bet on himself. He already is going to get about 80 or $85 more million dollars for this good year. And that's a pretty good return on investment for this type of year. David, we're going to let you scoot. Thanks for doing this, and uh, our Thanks. apologies for the technical issues at the beginning. Thanks, my friend. Be well. No worries. Thanks a lot. David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal, the podcast and MLB analyst at CBS Sports HQ. We've got a few minutes. Let's squeeze in some Barker's back leg bits. Uh, a lot of people weighing in, Kevin, on the Josh Naylor thing. I think we've had mm-hmm. our say. Yep. Um, don't mind it. Uh, com- don't mind displays of emotion, just not certain I like displays of emotion running around the bases. I've always been of the opinion, if you do something in baseball that shows that you're happy about what you've done, that's great. Just don't show the other guy up. And, of course, the problem with that is... First to home is a long time to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, How's that's that? That's actually a great... That's a hell of a way to put it. That is, that is, that is really good. Rich McConnell has an idea about the postseason. Cut the season to 154 games. Wild card round is best of three. All other rounds, best of seven. The division round is too random. I've kind of said that I like it the way it is, but Rich, I do like your idea. I've been a proponent of cutting the regular season down. Yeah, owner, owners aren't going to go for that because the minimum wages went up in baseball. Yeah. They ain't the, doing the, it. The only thing I will say about about uh, about the way the format is set up right now that I really do like is when you think about it, what do you do most of the year in baseball? You play a three-game series. What do we say? You've won the series if you win two of three. Now, sometimes you do have a four-game series. I get all that. But the idea of having to win four games to win a series, which is what you would do if you went best of seven, I don't know if that's if, if that's necessarily in keeping in keeping with uh, with baseball, I I kind of like I like the fact, Kevin, that we're not going to have repeat that we don't always have repeat winners. Boy, how are we going to come on here tomorrow if the Yankees get beat? If the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Yankees all get beat, what's the conversation going to be like then? I just thought, hope we don't jump the gun here just because some good teams are getting beat because of the format, because of a little bit of a time off. Deal with it. Play better. Springer Stan asked us, uh, wonder if the Bow haters still. Uh, what is it? I wonder if the bow, bow haters want Turner now. Trey Turner, Kevin, look, you can't use one series as a small sample size. Or it is a small sample size. Trey Turner is a free agent. If I'm the Blue Jays, I absolutely have to. I know he doesn't address your your issues with balance, but I've got to at least kick the tires on Trey Turner. I've got to at least do that. 
No question. Put Santiago Espinal as your your fourth middle infielder. It would put Bo Bichette at second base, which would make him a better defender. Uh, you would have a leadoff hitter that you can move Springer down maybe to the two-hole. You You'd go. have a better defender at shortstop. You'd have a guy that's been there, done it before, make your team better. Now you can go out and spend some more money on some dudes to throw a bazillion in the bullpen. That's Bam, we're, we've we're, solved it. We're great at spending <laughs> other people's money. <laughs> no question. It's not our money. I mean, nope. it is in a way, but it is in another way, if you know what I mean. That's it for us today. Uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow. We're always on 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. Fan, thanks so much for joining Blair and Barker. Enjoy the baseball. 